0: If you want to grow your compensation, your your income, you have to become bigger than your present place. No one's gonna hand you more, you have to show up in a bigger way and then people will be like, oh, I'll give you that. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez. I am the founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Woman, and I am super excited to do this today. Let me tell you what we're doing. One of my good friends and meditation partners, Jenna Hahn, is going to be interviewing me about my journey as a business owner. We were together in Mexico at a meditation retreat, and she started picking my brain and asking me, well, did you do this? And what about this? And what about this? And I was like, these are great questions. And stop asking me, let's do this on the podcast, and let's share it with everyone so that more people can hear the, the truth, the, the experience of my evolution, if you will. And so I've given Jenna carte blanche to ask me anything and to just go for it. And she is someone who is in the process of starting her own business. So she is looking at it from the lens of what does it take to really grow uh, a business? So with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, Jenna. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the introductions. Very, very, very happy to be here. I am excited. I have uh, been, I've known you for uh, about a year or so, and I just love how passionate you are about your business, about what you do, and it's so inspiring. And I thought, you know, of all the people, right, they always talk about success, people lead trails, and I want to see what is it about that you did and how you did it. And uh, for people that are starting, that are interested in, like myself. And uh, so I really wanted to just find out more about you. And because you have helped so many people, business people, you know, taking quantum leaps to their next level, and uh, it's just so brilliant. So uh, with that, I wanted to go ahead and just check in with you and find out, for listeners that may not know you very well, uh, give us a snapshot of how did you go from, let's say, working for other people into owning your successful business today?
0: There was a period of time post-college where I was working as a shop girl. And then I was like, I want to move to New York. I want to move to Europe. And I did all this kind of like crazy stuff for uh, quite a few months. And I came back to the San Francisco Bay Area with $75 in my pocket. Now, I was in my 20s, this was, you know, this was living on the edge a little bit, but I was young and I didn't have a lot of responsibility. And I ended up temping for a software company as a receptionist. And I loved that job and I was having fun with it. And the day that the company went public, the HR person, Lori Allen, I remember her specifically walked up to me and she's like, I want to hire you today. So you have stock options. And I was like, I had no idea what that meant. Jenna had absolutely like I was so young. I was so green. I was like, sure. okay, great. And that was the beginning of my corporate career. And now looking back on it with 2020 hindsight, I know that she hired me because I was giving my best. I was over delivering. I was becoming more than the the position required. And that is just a slight tangent here. That is one of the things I teach people is like, if you want to grow your compensation your your income you have to become bigger than your present place no one's going to hand you more you have to show up in a bigger way and then people will be like oh I'll give you that so anyways i worked my way up that corporate ladder i ended up working for some of the consultants that i had hired they hired me as a consultant so i had a an experience of working semi on my own got hired at another software company, loved it, was doing great stuff, was a project manager, was working with the CFO, was like doing all the things. And then I uh, the dot bomb happened in uh, 2008 and the CEO was let go and I like raised my hand for the severance package and I was like, I'll take it. So I had six months of a, a severance package, which was amazing to have that latitude and freedom. And I had to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had this numbness in my fingertips from the way I was working, carpal tunnel. And I was exploring different ways to go about healing that. This is a long story, but I think it's interesting. I was learning something called the Alexander Technique from this woman and who later became a very good friend and colleague of mine. And she lived in this beautiful house with this like gorgeous studio in the backyard with like climbing roses and it was just like idyllic and i was like i want that i want that kind of life that like spaciousness and and beauty are around me and again 2020 hindsight i now know based on my deep study of the laws and and how the universe works that desire is causative And I claimed that desire in that moment. Like I was like, I want this life. This life looks great. I want this. That put a bunch of things in motion. And I ended up studying this technique, buying a house in the hills, had a studio. I put in some beautiful climbing roses. I created that life. And I had to figure out how to run a business because that part I didn't know. So that was my transition from corporate to running my own business was, was really like following the breadcrumbs of desire saying, Oh, I want this. Oh, this looks good. This, this feels good. I'm going to follow this and, and acting on it, having a response to something and, and following it and then recognizing, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Just because I'm good at what I do doesn't mean that I'm going to get clients and, oh, I might have to learn how to do sales. I might have to learn how to do marketing. I might need to learn how to create offers and manage my time. And there was a lot. So there you go.
1: That is great. Great. How you went from where you were to based on the desire that you had, that you envisioned and that you followed that, even though you didn't know what you were doing. So that's brilliant how you did that. And, and I'm just curious as, um, did you know as... Uh, at the start that you would become like brilliant business coach for so many unbelievable people. Or did no. you discover that as you went?
0: Yeah, I discovered that as I went and thank you for the compliment there. No, absolutely not. When I started, I I had a brick and mortar uh, studio, a health and wellness business. I I did not know what the future held for me. It wasn't a vision for me at all did I all, was I always interested in personal development? Was I, was I, did I have an aptitude for business? Yes. I will say yes. So my mother ran a law firm she was a solo entrepreneur. And so she has an entrepreneurial um, perspective. My grandfather had an entrepreneurial perspective. So I had a little bit in the sort of like the air growing up. And then, but when I started that health and wellness business i had to figure out what how to run a business so i took courses i bought courses i went to events i learned from mentors i did a bunch of self-educating around what it took in this day and age to really uh run a business and and then i was fairly successful and other people in my industry were asking me you know how are you doing this mm-hmm. And so I started sharing because I and and I could feel myself light up. So, again, oh. desire is causative. Uh-huh. Like I could feel myself light yeah. up. That
1: this,
0: Yeah. And talking about it. And 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 so I went with that. We we moved across the country at one point to the Midwest. And I had to figure out if I was going to keep that business going in a new place, like start over again or do this thing that i kind of had this passion about which was coaching people on business and talking about it i was like oh i've never done that and in fact i hated the the term coach because i thought it was so like airy fairy and like you know, i was i i have this gravitas to me that didn't seem like no. serious enough right, uh, right but i but i went for it and all the people who became my first clients were people who i had i had met this is the way the universe works. It's it's totally beautiful. They were people I had met taking all those marketing and business courses that I was learning from. They were other women entrepreneurs who were like, oh, you have something. You figured something out. Can you help me? And so I I I built my business based on the people that I knew. It was all there for me. And it, it was, it was unfolding beautifully. So uh uh-huh. yeah.
1: Uh-huh. yeah. And so How has your story shaped to who you are today? What were the major life turning points moments?
0: Deciding to to do business coaching Uh was a a big decision. Then there was a there was a wake-up moment for me about three years into the business. I I just as a, a framework, first year in business, I made 30K. Second year in business, I'd made 90K. I felt pretty good. I'd tripled my income. Hadn't yet crossed that mythical six-figure mark, but I felt pretty good. Third year in business, I had made 138K. Nice chunk more. But there was this one, one evening when Jack, my husband at the time, who I'm still fond of, called up from downstairs and was like, hey, babe, dinner's ready. Come on down. And I was like, thanks, babe. I'll be right down. I just want to get one more thing done. An hour freaking later, because <laughs> I was like, just in deep work. And I was addicted to the tasks. Like, I was addicted to the the, the hit that I got getting things done. But you, as you know, your to-do list is never ending, right? Right. He was like, I'm going to start. No guilt. I mean, I'm, he's a great guy. He zero guilt. He takes care of himself. But I had that wake up moment, which was like, I can't work any harder. I had probably worked 12 hours that day already and I can't work any harder, like hours wise to move the needle, to make more money. Like I can't double the time I put in my hours to double my income. And I was like, there's got to be a better way, right? There's like, there's a different way of working that I'm not seeing And I have to get out of my own way because I might be smart. I might be well-educated. I might be good at what I do. I might be a good person, right? I might have a good work ethic, but I am not Beyonce, right? I'm not Sarah Blakely. I, I haven't gotten to that level yet. And they are doing life differently. They're doing business differently. And I clearly don't know that I, I had to admit, I had to be humble and admit I might be confident. I might feel good about certain things, but I wasn't having my breakthrough. And so that year I studied success. I went deep into studying success, read lots of books. I worked with lots of different mentors. One in particular helped me change my, my thinking radically and... Uh, I had claimed that year that I wanted to make a million dollars. I had heard that you can make your annual income, y- your your monthly income. I had heard that people had done this, right? And I was like, I want that. Again, that, that like desire. I, I don't know why I want that, but I want that. And I know now I was like, I was tired of like, being on amazon trying to figure out if i should buy the 10 dollar thing or the 18 dollar thing right mm-hmm. and and feeling constrained by what i could do in this world i also know now that that desire was instrumental in me tapping into the full expression of who i am and when i did that 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 is what has allowed so many other women to do that as well it's it's a role model i'm role modeling and i understand now i didn't understand it then i understand now again 2020 hindsight that claiming that desire and going for it Uh and showing the world that you can do it was part of my path was part of my mission now i didn't make a million dollars that year jenna okay so truth and transparency i but i got to 700 which is five times in your income Yes, which was I, I and it was not for the faint of heart. OK, there was no magic sprinkles. OK, this was not like, oh, you just wish for it
1: and it happens. I work my patootie off. OK, yes. and but you found a way to work differently. Right. Because that revelation that propelled you to learn other things about success, about working with other mentors mm-hmm. that took you over to the other side.
0: Correct. So you want to know how I did that?
1: Yes, of
0: course. Our our audience want to know, yes. Okay. It's going to sound straightforward when I say it, that like actually doing it is where the rub is. So there's only three ways to make more money. This is one of the things I teach. Only three ways. Mm -hmm. You can raise your prices. Mm -hmm. You can sell more widgets, right? More quantity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you can add a new channel of income. I did all three. okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So tactically, if you're looking at your business, you have to figure out what of that you're you're willing to do. But in order to do that at the the level that I did it at, I had to change my self image or my identity. I use those words interchangeably, and that's that's a sub your self image is a subconscious belief about who you are, and it determines what you think you're worthy of. Okay, and. I, at the time, thought I was only worthy of 138K because that that was the result I was getting. Maybe I could imagine getting to like 175, 200, 250, right? Like I could, I could incrementally go up. But when that desire came in, oh, a million, I realized that was a totally different human being mm-hmm. than the self-image I had inside of me. And I had to, like, cosmically change on a cellular level who I was being. And that's 100% inner game. And you do that through constant space repetition of, like, like, being very clear about who who you need to be. That's all in your imagination, in your intentionality, in your thinking, in your... Some people do affirmations or reps that way but there's lots of ways to do that you have to keep that super super present but then i had to do the things at like, that level okay what this is the things okay so if you are someone jenna who makes a million dollars this year mm. you can't be charging what you're charging you can't be working where you're working i know where you work you can't be working where you're working okay which means OK, if I really want this and I really want this now, I got to rip off the Band-Aid mm-hmm. and I got to start acting like this person, mm-hmm. not like the. And and for those of you who are just listening, I am raising my hands up and down. You have to You you cannot make decisions from the place you are currently. Yes. You have to make decisions from the place you want to be, right. which is. Terrifying for most people because they're not there yet. Their self image is saying, their subconscious program is saying, no, that's too dangerous. That's not who you are. You're going to die. Okay. So that first year, in fact, the first three years were absolutely like I was living in the terror barrier. Like I was constantly on my emotional growth edge. And um, most people will say, this is too uncomfortable. I need a rest. I need to take some time off. I shouldn't feel this this challenging. This pressure is not for me and back off. Okay.
1: I could just totally see it is that passion, it is that drive. Is that what sets you on fire? Is what, because you had a vision of bringing in, making a million dollars, and you knew on some level what you had to do internally to shift not only your identity you know emotionally physically mentally i mean every which way like you said you know in your waking moments you need it and had to come from the place of what a million dollar person would make how they would think how they would act how they would be and you had to see where you were to where how to be that so that you can manifest or create that and I could feel that, that passion, that drive, that, I mean, of course, from, from, let's say 150 to a million, that's a huge jump.
0: And let me say one more thing about what I did to make this happen. Sure. Okay. Yeah, please, I got, this is super important. And sometimes I forget to, to share this part, but it's really freaking important. I got leverage over myself. There was something at stake for me. I, it, because oftentimes we... We pick a goal. There's nothing at stake. Nothing bad happens if you don't make it, except maybe you feel bad about it yourself—a little, a little chagrin that you didn't do it or whatnot. Like you and I have a plank challenge right now, and I'm blowing it off. Okay, to be honest, like I did it for the first little while and fell off. The there's nothing at stake for me. Like okay, well you know, all right. Like Jenna's gonna. Think poorly about, it, but she's going to understand also, and blah 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 blah, right? Like, there's nothing at stake there, okay? Except if I really want it, I would, I would do it, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was going for more that 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 first year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had a VIP day with a mentor, and it was a, a an expensive investment. But what I had really wanted to do was private coaching with him for a year, mm-hmm. and I had i run it past my past Jack, my my husband at the time. And because I didn't know how to make decisions for myself, by the by, everything had to be like talked about with with him, which is fascinating because I thought of myself as a strong, competent woman. But I was turning to him for decision making. And he was like, no effing way that like it was 100K. It was way too much like that. That's not money we have. That's insane. Who does that? no. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know, but my heart really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And in that VIP day, my mentor basically said, you need to do private coaching with me for a year. And I signed on the freaking dotted line. Okay. (laughs) And I was, I was in tears. I was crying my eyes out. I was shaking. My whole body was shaking, but I knew it was the right thing for me. And I was terrified that it was going to break the, the love bond, the trust with my husband. And sure enough, he was pissed, okay? I I was I got the cold shoulder for a good three weeks and I felt a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and I was curled up in a little fetal position for a good amount of time. Like, what have I done? Because you this, went against what he
1: said. No. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Correct. But, but even deeper than that, Jenna, it was I went against... An unwritten subconscious belief about what builds trust in a relationship, what is the right thing to do, when to defer—all those those things about relationships and love, and where love and safety come from, uh, and belonging—and it was the first breakthrough that I had because I realized, again, 2020 hindsight, looking back, mm-hmm. that in doing that. I was claiming my own worth. I was claiming my own destiny, that I was the creator of my own life and that sometimes you have to do things that are not what other people do, right? They might be afraid to do it. They might not have faith in themselves, but you do. But to the original point of this part of the story, I got leverage over myself because I was not going to one, not going to return on investment on that investment. That was a big chunk of change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You put yourself on the line there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't going to lose faith, not follow through Mm -hmm. with, with this because I, you know, this was my marriage at stake. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's how I looked at it. And you know, by the by Jack got really good with the decision. Once I started making a ton of ton of money, right? He was like, Oh, this is working. Okay, I get it. You know, he started okay. the, Yeah, he started to drink the Kool-Aid. But there was a period where it was touch and go. And I had to stay the course. I had to be persistent, which is one of the success principles. Like you need persistence, even where, when everything looks like it's falling apart. I had so much I want to say belief. But at the time, I just had desire. Desire pulls you forward and 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 fear pushes you. OK. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, there's both. OK. I'm not going to BS anyone. I had a lot of fear. Right. I was like, holy f- FDF, I need to pay my my bills every month. How yeah. the hell? you know, and I had just taken on the big um, commitment. How the heck am I going to do that? So there was a lot of fear driving me. So I, I was in action, like racing as fast as I could, doing as much as I could, um, but from this new level of awareness and beingness. And I think I was pulled forward by desire. I had started to say I had a lot of faith and belief in myself. And to some extent, that's true. Like I had faith and belief in my resilience and my capacity and my intelligence. I didn't necessarily know that I could do it uh-huh but my mentor ha- held
1: belief my mentor was like oh yeah done I was like okay let's go then yeah. okay so if they say so then they see something then I must have it now yeah yeah so so what were the three things that you would say that you consistently done that um uh, that made you that what's today
0: i might answer that differently on different days let's see what comes out today um i, I followed my desire so i no. like desire is causative that's really important i had to learn what my desires were mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. start believing in them and trusting them in the beginning i had no idea what i wanted because i was yeah. so uh other driven like what yeah. do other people need people pleasing you know it feels good to please other people but then you lose what the truth is of what you really want. So I had to learn what I really wanted and there was some testing and tweaking there, but like, the, I know what desire is and I now know 100% if mm-hmm. something's a yes for me. So following desire, the question was like, what are, were the three keys to success? Uh-huh, what are three things that you do consistently? Do consistently? Yeah. Oh, do consistently. Okay, so I tap into my desire, like mm-hmm. even this morning, I was like okay what is what is the next like evolution of the business what's the next vision for the business mm-hmm. and I'm writing down like what I want that to look like so I'm constantly playing with the desire and, and the resonance in my body with that mm-hmm. okay so that is an iterative process the making decisions from the place you want to be that was a, that's been a big one. And that's, Jenna, on all fronts. You know, personal life, you know a lot about my personal life, personal life, professional life. Like, if I want this that's at this next level, mm-hmm. and I'm not there yet, I have to get myself there. I have to see mm-hmm. myself there, and then I have to act as if I am that person already, even when I don't feel that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether it's in a love relationship or in my professional life, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I need to act like that. And, and all of me wants to throw a tantrum in that moment saying, Mm -hmm. it's not just, it's supposed to be like this. Why can't it be like that? I should have it already. Blah, 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 blah. And I have to remind myself, no, you're not there yet. You have to act like you're there yet and then you'll be there. And Mm -hmm. that takes, that takes a, a level of honesty and truth,
1: and persistence. The the uh, the steps, almost same as when you said you wanted to earn a million dollar from where you were to where you needed to be. That that journey, same as every time you had a vision of where you want to go, from where you are to where you want to be. That same journey it, and it's like the same every time because it's pushing beyond where you are now and your uh, ideas about who you are and getting to the other side it's the same methodology almost the same discomfort of pushing through 100 yeah 100 so like
0: i have this little uh m- manifestation matrix that i teach desire is always first but you know, sometimes that, you know, once you get going, there's no starting point, right? It's a matrix, but there's desire, there's denial. Who am I to do that? No, it's not. It's supposed to be that way. Right. You go into the noise, like all of that. We've had a lot of conversation about that. And then you have to make a decision. Now I'm doing this, this is where I'm going. I am committed to this. Right. And then you take the action and you stay
1: persistent and you expect it to happen and all the things. So, so what, what advice would you say uh, maybe you said it already. Give to people that are thinking of starting. Like you said, maybe the matrix. What you said about, you know, the denial. Like who am I to think that I could do this? Cause can anybody
0: start doing their business? Anyone has the the potential, uh-huh. you know. But there's infinite potentials in this world. So you have to match to that potential, and consistently claim it for that potential to be the one that comes through. I don't think being in business for yourself is for the faint of heart, okay? Okay, especially if you want to build, you know, if you're someone with a seven-figure brain, right? If you're someone oh, yeah. who's like, I really want to work at this level, this is not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of risk yeah. that you have to, and uncertainty that you have to be willing to, to experience and I think that's that's really important oftentimes people are not risk takers so Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people who want the freedom and the 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 potential upsides the the time freedom and the money freedom that Mm -hmm. come once you've built a business that works effectively the first years of my business like I've shared I was working crazy hours I Like I, I put in sweat equity. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I I put in the time. So this idea of time freedom, of being your own boss, it's very seductive. I was my own boss, but I was probably working for $10 an hour with the amount of like hours I was putting in. Now I loved what I did. So I was all in on that. And I also think side note, that as you keep going with that, that can become addictive. And I know that there's a lot of women who have built successful businesses that are addicted to the 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 busyness. And I would just, if if that's you who's listening to this, I want to speak to you for a moment and say, that's an addiction. And at some point, we need to build your business in such a way that you can step out of that and you can have some spaciousness and you, you can create that Time freedom and most people don't do that because they don't have a a clear vision or desire of what they want it to be. And if they do, they feel like they can't create that. There's it's daunting. It's too scary to even look at that. I was on a a conversation, a call with a, a a woman. She great company built multiple businesses. Was in corporate building business. She's like, in three years, my kids are going to be grown. I will have sold this business. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And it's terrifying, right? Who am I? And so we need to start unpacking all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you just stay addicted to the busy. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, you wake up wondering, you know, is this all there is? But anyways, I'm off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to one thing, Jenna. You asked for three things. The other thing is like being of service Mm -hmm. has been really big to me like giving before receiving like giving is the first law of receiving the more you give the more you receive and oftentimes people are afraid to give because they've been giving all their life as a martyr right and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about giving in faith like doing your marketing not knowing if it's gonna work right or deciding to to start a business before you know that it's going to work or giving to your, your colleagues and friends advice, sharing. There, there's so many ways to
1: do this. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's be been a big service, part. Really be yeah. into this. And so I, I just want to uh, come back to the thing you were saying about people being addicted to the business. I also see it as uh, they can use it because I've noticed myself having done that in the past is be, it would distract me so much that I won't focus on really what I need to do. Because one, like you said, don't really know what I want to do. Number two, do I really deserve to do that? Number three, you know, it's like, can I really do it? So instead, I'll just be busy over here doing things that are trivial. That does not bring anything to me other than occupying my time, which then I could say, oh, I ran out of time.
0: If you can get beyond that, Jenna, if you can do the needle moving things, not the busy work. Yeah. Not the things that are safe, but yeah. you can do the big scary things, yeah. you'll grow your business. You'll, you'll get there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. most people stay in that comfort, comfort
1: zone. Yeah. Yes. It, and like what the way you were saying earlier is like that is so frightening to go beyond that. It's just on the other side because that then you're really faced with what are the challenges to take you ahead, to propel you to where you want to go but if as long as you keep busy, you know, distracted, be addicted, you'd never have to really look at that. Correct. Yeah. And how did you develop your own unique
0: brand? My experience in in growing this business was about really tapping into the full expression of who I am. And part of the the what I teach which is based on really deep study on success is that if you are the full expression of who you are, you are magnetic, you are, you are attractive and you will attract clients. You will attract opportunities. You will attract income, generation, revenue, compensation, all of that. And I just want
1: to say, I just want to add that uh, I have seen you, the way that you are just in our exchange in, at our meditation, I see people are drawn to you. It's the way that you are, your energy, or just like exactly what you're saying, magnetic. And yeah. so you are speaking, you're, you are being exactly what you're saying. Just want to hear that.
0: Thank you. And what's interesting about that is like, when I am going to these meditation retreats, I'm like trying to fly under the radar, right? (laughs) Like I'm trying to not like, I don't want to be. And and yet it still comes out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like not in my fancy clothes. I'm in my leggings. I got my hair up in a ponytail. I don't have, well, sometimes I have makeup on, but mostly don't have makeup on, right? And like none of that sort of outer uh, stuff, if you will, Mm -hmm. is there and I'm not in like, I am the founder CEO mode. I, I'm just not in that. I'm in the, I'm a participant, mm-hmm. I'm I'm meditating. And so thank you for that reflection because that has been years of cleaning up the stuff on the inside mm-hmm. to be a full expression of who I am. And everyone has their full expression of who they are. Yeah. And quite frankly, that's, that's yes, the value proposition of our company is to help women make money in their business, grow their business, make their impact in the in the world that way, be successful entrepreneurs, all of that. But my the subtext or my my secret not so secret desire is I want women to have the the experience of being a full expression of who they are and not feeling like I felt the before of me was conflicted, insecure. You wouldn't know it from the outside. Okay. On the outside, it looked confident, but I was always wondering if I was doing the right thing or did I F up? And it's not that I don't have self-awareness now or question like, is this the right thing to do? I, I'm always self Well, I shouldn't say I'm always self-aware. That's a little too much, but I I bring self-awareness to my decisions and 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 I don't think I'm all that and more, but I have I have a level of grounded confidence in myself that I didn't have before mm-hmm. because I've moved through so many of the self-worth issues mm-hmm. and hey, all I of that. It, yeah. Yeah. And and that has been a big part of like the journey. Okay. You asked about the journey. That that is why I'm in business. My business journey was to become someone who loves herself, who likes herself, who feels confident in herself walking through this world. And I'm, I am i want to help other people do that too.
1: So th- that would be your brand of really supporting particularly women to own who they are. To It doesn't really probably matter what business it's in. It's because they are the, at the source of their business. And your brand is really helping the people, the women to get in touch with what that is and to locate it, to find it so that they can really step into that identity that they want to be. Yeah. Point. That, yeah. Yeah. And um, who were the three people or maybe still are uh, the most uh, influential to you hmm. throughout your journey?
0: It's specifically in the business? Yes. First one that popped into my head is my friend, Jesse Johnson. She and I are best friends, best buddies. We've built our business at the same time, We've had the same trajectory. Oh, like wow. we we are uh, soul sisters and watching her do it differently than I did it, being a different person than I am entirely. And yet going through some of the same same hiccups and Gross. roadblocks and yeah. challenges. She's been a big influence on me because she has a perspective. I have a little bit more of a go hard perspective like i was like i don't know how i would have gotten here if i hadn't put in that effort she has the idea of like it should be a lot easier right and i mean i too have that i'm not going to dismiss that one of my power questions is like how do i make this easier or you know like i'm all about the ease and grace but i also like i'm like i'm not going to do revisionist history and say i could have done this without the effort Jesse brings to me like a higher standard around like spaciousness, ease, allowing. So that's been very impactful. My mentor was extraordinarily impactful for me. He helped me rethink who I was being and the sort of like what's right, what's wrong in this world. I had a lot of beliefs around that. I really got a great foundation of like learning the the laws of success, the universal laws from him. That was huge. And he had belief in me in a way that I didn't have belief in myself. So that was hugely impactful. And then, you know, this might sound cheesy, but I'm going to go go there anyway. But my parents had, they don't know this. I mean, they know this, don't know this, right? Like in terms of my business journey, it's not like they helped me with the business journey. Okay. But all the conditioning that i grew up with that when i went through the business journey and it's, i'm still in the journey I've, I've i've but in the first probably 3 years i was up against my my childhood the beliefs that i grew up with in my childhood and i was constantly pushing up against them and having to question and wonder and like do i keep the loyalty pack to my mother do i keep the loyalty pact to my father or do i do this new thing they had that was a conversation in my head they were not overtly having that conversation Where with me is. but they played a huge role in my evolution and i really had to do a lot of deep work soul searching resolution making you know resolving with them and and that's been huge and and i love the outcome of that like it's a been a journey but i love the outcome of that
1: great and um, so what are some of the great resources people as they're embarking on this journey that you would recommend
0: the ones that i really studied were this book working with working with working with the lawn Law by raymond hollywell one of the best books ever Really, I I give it to all my clients that join our spirit of wealth mastermind and I teach from it. And I like you can see like every page is is dog eared, right? The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. I've done a program taking people through that book chapter by chapter, which is worth if you guys are if anyone's listening and they want to want that, let us know. That's a program that we sell and then we have another book or there is another book called think and grow rich which i know you're doing the morning mindset club which is me taking people through napoleon hill's classic like one paragraph at a time and that's been wonderful uh, yeah
1: i mean that that book has just opened up in and it's at the beginning of what like what you're saying about desire you know, and, and truly what what that really means to have a desire. Mm-hmm. And so that really opened my eyes about discovering really what is my desire. And uh I am I'm only on chapter two still. And uh just just reading it has already shifted my concept and my ideas. Yeah. How to go towards the business that I wanna manifest. As we're coming closer to the end, I, I just wanted um to recommend what what how will people locate you how would they find you
0: everyone knows so this this podcast you can you can go to the unstoppablewoman.com. we have tons of
1: resources there that's the best way to 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 okay. find us yeah okay so now that you have built this amazing successful business to help entrepreneurs people what is some impactful things that you would really like your audience to know, starting this journey for them.
0: Well, if you want it, go for it. I think that's pretty straightforward. It's like, if you want it, go for it. Uh The other thing is like, if I can do it, you can do it. They can do it. You can do it. Right. That was a big thing for me when I I saw that other people had, it's not everyone, but enough people had, had done what seemed extraordinary or impossible. Like, well, then I can do it. Okay and and even if someone hasn't done something before mm. and you want to do something there's is, there's is power in claiming that desire that is part of the creative process ideas are simply the the parallel pole to that in the 3D material world and it all starts with an idea so if you have the idea for creating something and even if no one's ever done it before you haven't done it before if you have the desire if the desire is felt the supply is ready to appear right like it's matching to something in the here and now now you have to you have to call it in you have to do the work you have to to take your action and be be participatory in it but you know if you want it Go, go for go
1: it. On. So I have one more question for you. Okay. Okay. You know how everybody talks about success, right? We want to hear about how people got to where they are so success. And I want to, for just one second, talk about what was it about a fear or a failure that it happened throughout your journey that you have learned and grew from that has been like it, instrumental to who you have become today what was it that you thought maybe you failed at that time but you had such a great lesson out of it that you're able to continually use it today
0: so let's do one that's pretty straightforward and one that's less straightforward okay so when you're in business, you have to invest money. You have to buy things. You can't do it on your own. Okay. You can't have the mentality. I'm going to do everything on my own. You have to hire people to help you. Otherwise you're going to be splayed out. So there was one point where I hired someone who came to me as a referral. Mm -hmm. This was a marketing person. And I, all the red flags were going off, but I thought I wasn't I was too junior. I was too scared. I was too whatever. So I ignored those red flags and I hired him anyways. Now the red flags, just in case you want to know what they were, was um, I was reading his contract. Yes, read contracts. Okay. And I had like five questions for him on his contract and he wrote back and he said, no one's ever questioned my contract before. That was a giant red flag for me. Like when people enroll in our coaching programs they sign a coaching agreement and if anyone ever has questions about it because it's a legal document I'm like yeah here that either here me or someone on my team are like yeah we can answer all those questions yes this no that you know we want people to be a hundred freaking percent when they enroll the fact that he said no one's ever questioned like kind of talking down to me or dismissing or not like Not being open, being closed was a giant red flag. But at the time I was like, oh, this person came referred by someone who's bigger than I am. I should just go for it, blah, 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 blah. And I spent $30,000 with him and it was the biggest freaking mistake expenditure. Like I didn't get what I needed. It was terrible. But it taught me such a huge lesson, which was pay attention. Like now I know that's a no, that's a red flag. That's a uh uh-uh never that that actually has saved me so much money, time, heartbreak, all of that. I'm grateful for that experience, not bitter about it. And and the meta lesson is that sometimes you just have to go through these experiences so that you can know what that feeling is and trust it for the future. Now I know and I can trust myself. Right. Okay. So, and I think that's really the the lesson that I was going to call out on, on really everything Mm -hmm. is one makes mistakes. We, we F up as humans. Okay. It's just part of being human. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to a place where you stop effing up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe you F up less. Maybe it's not as egregious. Maybe you don't do it in the same ways, but you still mess up. And if I can learn from the experience, I always grow. I always there's always an opportunity within the challenge, and I you know you and I were talking offline about that in a in our little chat, and that is a philosophy that I hold that I teach. There's always an opportunity. Big big challenge, big opportunity. Big problem, big solution. Right? There's always something. It, it's two sides of the same thing. This is the law of polarity. And so if I can change my thinking, change my perspective, change the way I look at something so that I can see the opportunity, which requires that you are humble, okay, Mm -hmm. that you are open, that you don't have to be right in advance, then you can see "Ah, that's the opportunity, that's what I needed to learn. And that's how you up level over and over and over again. So the faster you can do that, the faster you, you will grow, the faster
1: your business will grow. Fabulous. I know that I said that was the last question, but I just have one more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine, this is fun. What inspired you to name your business from Quantum Leaps to Unstoppable? Because I love that name. Oh How yeah. come to you? What inspired you?
0: So in the beginning, in the beginning, beginning, it was Quantum Leap Coaching, like the first day Uh, that started the business right I was very junior and that was the me that was like aspirational and like I was trying to build this business and everything and a number of years ago it must be five years ago six years ago maybe I I don't know I'll have to look but we changed the name and really Jenna it was just a download I got this download the unstoppable woman and I was like oh my god that's it and I trademarked it and it's ours and all of that Uh, A lot of people misinterpret that as I am the unstoppable woman. But really, I mean it as like, how do we as driven, entrepreneurial, high performing women break through the barriers that even we have to our next level success, our next level life, right? Our next level love, whatever it is that we're going for, how do we not stay stuck and stopped at the level that we're at which is often really good okay mm-hmm. but it's not it's not necessarily extraordinary or it was good for the the season but now you're ready for more mm-hmm. but you have some sort of internal block sometimes it's a knowledge block to a skill set block you know what we didn't talk about today was that you know all of what we talked about was inner game because the inner game you could say 80 percent 90 percent 95 percent of the journey but you do need the tactical stuff and there was there were tactical business things that I needed to learn to get to the next level as well so like what's the skill set what's the what's the inner game what's the outer game that you need to become unblocked right and unstoppable
1: that yeah that could be for another podcast but for for today we just um just want to thank you thank you for taking the time to answer a lot of my questions
0: yeah thank you jenna for doing this this was great i love that you said yes i love that you asked such great questions and yeah maybe we'll do it again all right well thank you you're welcome okay for all our listeners that's a wrap thank you for listening to another episode of the unstoppable woman podcast please let us know what you took away from this and what you liked and we'll see you in the next episode take care bye-bye